dude, I mean, I guess it's bound to happen, right? Like, people get old, older, and they die. And maybe do we just notice it more because people get old and they don't actually look that old? Like, my grandparents looked like old people before I was born. I see pictures of my grandparents as teenagers and they look like old people. (laughs) Well, maybe not teenagers, but, you know, I was born, my grandparents were already in their 50s, uh, you know, close to 60. And now people in their 50s are like, they look young and they're, I mean, people in their 50s, that's only... 50 or 50 something year old people they're only 10 years older than me what the fuck uh, so 50 doesn't look like it did you know there's that joke that meme from a few years ago about like here's tom cruise now and he's 10 years older than wilfred brimley was in cocoon in 1984 whatever whenever that movie came out and uh and so maybe there's just a thing where we just think like eh, people are just they're just not gonna die because they look the same you know, like I forget my dad's 75 and I, my mom is 70 and I look at them and they look the same to to me. They look the same as they did when we were kids. They look better in a lot of ways than when we were kids. And then like, and then I think about, I'm like, they're, they're in their seventies. That's like my grandparents were in their seventies. Not that long ago. (laughs) Like, I mean, it's it's crazy. So why do I say this? Louis Anderson just died. Rest in peace to Louis Anderson. He was great. That reminds me. We started watching Baskets, and I never finished it. But the highlight of that show was Louis Anderson playing the mom. He was phenomenal. He was on, he was on something called Celebrity Diving. Wasn't there a show called Celebrity Diving? Wasn't that long ago. I feel like... In the last five years, there was a show called Celebrity Diving, and Louis Anderson was one of the celebrities diving. And I, yeah, I remember thinking, like, man, you know, John Candy's gone, Chris Farley's gone, Louis Anderson's still around, though. I always lumped, like, those three guys together as, like, fat comedians who somewhat bear a resemblance to one another. Anyway. Uh, but like Louis Anderson's gone, Bob Saget's gone, Betty White's gone, John Madden's gone. Bob Saget is so, that's sad. That's very sad. I haven't talked about it. I don't know. I don't talk too much about that. Was the one I talked about John Madden. I talked about Betty White here on the podcast. I didn't talk about Bob Saget. I guess I meant to, and I just didn't. I fucking love Bob Saget. I love Bob Saget. When I was a kid, yeah, was he annoying? Yes, because he was he was so good as Danny Tanner. Like he was such he was such a believable Danny Tanner. And there were a lot of elements of Danny Tanner that uh you know that I think a lot of a lot of kids in the nineties, Danny Tanner very much reminded I mean, you know, you look at sitcoms and the these family sitcoms are are a reflection of that of that era, of that time period. So Danny Tanner was many occasions reminded me of my like any dad right like i embarrass my kids you know i sing a dopey song as my dad used to do and sometimes still does and uh and danny tanner would you know he would do stuff like that he's like hey i'm a cool dad and uh america's funniest home videos he's making the jokes and you know he he introduces the video clips and he's obviously people are writing these dopey lines you think Bob Saget is enjoying saying every line that he ever had to say on Full House or America's Funny? No, he's enjoying the money that they fucking pull up in a Brinks truck up to his house to get to do that. Bob Saget was YouTube. That was your only way to get YouTube was every Sunday night at seven o'clock. My grandparents would come over, would have Sunday dinner. We'd have our dessert and go sit and watch America's Funniest Home Videos. And then at eight o'clock, they'd get up and they'd go home. And we'd all just, but for an hour, we would all just sit there, the whole family, truly, the whole, all of America was just sitting there on Sunday nights at seven o'clock every week watching Bob Saget on America's Funniest Home Videos. And, uh, and then, and then the greatest thing, but I, I, you know, Full House is a show that I love to hate. It was just, you know, I watched, it's like, it's so cheesy. 
and it's so far-fetched and so silly and it's just like you know this guy and his buddy joey just like he just sleeps on a bench in the corner of the room and then they give him his own room in the basement and then like uncle jesse's there and then aunt becky moves in and they have kids and they just live up in the attic and everybody's just living in this huge house in san francisco that is is now worth millions and millions of dollars and even even by those standards would still uh would not have been uh be would have cost more than a few pennies even back then uh but it was full house you grow up watching full house and it's you know little babe michelle and you got it dude and all that stuff but uh, and you also grow up just thinking like, oh my gosh, Bob Saget, he's, he's just such a, you know, that's, I'm a kid. So I think like, okay, Danny Tanner, that's what he's like in real life. It was like Bill Cosby. You, you saw him in real life and he pretty much was, he was Cliff Huxtable. It was just an extension of his character. The only, I guess the only sort of misleading part was in the Cosby show. He never raped anybody after drugging them with drinks and, and then did that, you know, repeatedly. And then went to, that was the big difference. The, the thing about Full House is you find out is like Bob Saget was that guy, just not squeaky clean. You know, Danny Tanner was just a squeaky clean guy, and um, and just you know one of the great TV dads of all time, truly. And and then the first time I saw Bob Saget in half make his cameo in Half Baked, the great line of "You ever suck dick for coke." And the whole place is howling. Like that was the first time I'm like, oh my God, that's what Bob Saget. Danny Tanner just said you you ever suck dick for Coke? And we're howling. The movie theater is just howling. It's so funny. And then you find out, like, oh, that's his his stand-up is like that. Cause there's no internet in in the early late eighties and early nineties when Full House was on. So you just were like, and you hear stories now. You see little things on Twitter and on Reddit and stuff of you know people sharing memories of bob saget and as little kids saying you know get the whole fa- getting the parents to buy tickets and take the whole family to go see bob saget do stand-up comedy and then it's just nothing nothing but just insanely offensive inappropriate dick jokes and everything else and it's just just wonderful and uh but to, but the thing about it is to find out that bob saget yeah he's filthy foul mouth dick jokes all this stuff but he's also incredibly funny because he always like he didn't you know he makes me he would make me laugh on full house i would i would look at bob Saget and say well that's certainly he's certainly the funniest of the bunch because nobody's laughing at dave coulier let's sorry dave but like you know is this made out of wood kind of in the popeye and he's just popeye and bullwinkle Oh, to have been a comedian in the seventies and the early eighties to just have like the, all this sticky stuff and just be like, you're you're now going to be paid millions to be on this huge sitcom. Oh, how can you imagine? I mean, look at all Tim Allen. I've said this, but all Tim Allen had to do goes go r r r tools, and look at him, look at him. He's a megastar. He's Santa Claus. He's Buzz Lightyear. He's Tim the Tool Man. He's Mike Baxter. Uh, by the way, it's so funny on that on that uh, Last Man Standing, which I've seen every episode. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fucking bullshit you. I've seen every episode. It's one of those. It's a comfortable show. It's like a. It's like I don't have to think. I just have to watch the set. Pretty. Everybody's clean and not, nice. Things happen. And the lighting is everything. Just is. It's it's nice to look at. And uh, <laughs> he and his character is always like you know making fun of the son-in-law because he works at the pot shop and he's like and Tim Allen will be like hey man doobies man uh. it's like are you fucking kidding me considering this guy's fucking past history his track record anyway but you had all these dads in the eighties and these TV dads you know going back to the fifties and sixties and then certainly the eighties and nineties and you still have them today. Um, but uh but Danny Tanner was was just squeaky clean on that show, squeaky clean on funniest home videos. You could tell by watching him on funniest home videos like, okay, there's something, you know, he's acting on full house. He's playing, he's full Danny Tanner. You see him on funniest home videos, it's like, okay, that's Danny Tanner, but there's something 
he's telling these jokes kind of with like a wink wink like yeah these fucking jokes suck but hey we're gonna get to you know we're gonna get to the dad getting hit in the nuts with a football don't worry um there's just something there and so to see him the next thing that line in 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 in, uh in half baked you know i suck dick for coke you ever suck dick for coke and then it's like ah of course of course yes and me for a, a while like i didn't know enough and i was just like oh okay he's overcompensating for danny tanner like how malcolm jamal warner finished the huxtables and wanted to just be in movies where he played a a psycho killer and he just wanted to murder people because he didn't want everybody associating him with squeaky clean theo huxtable but that's not the case with bob saget bob saget was just always a filthy comedian and uh, i don't know the story of how he got uh, the full house gig but he probably looked the part and probably people i would imagine people who know him and this is what i'm getting to knew that he really was danny tanner in real life and that's the great thing because oh, the great thing about – I want to say the great thing about Bob Saget's death. It's horrible. But the great thing in the aftermath of somebody's death, just like Owen Hart, you've, you still have yet to hear, hear a bad thing about Owen Hart. Nobody has a, a mean word to say about Owen Hart. Nobody. That's so rare. And, uh, and Bob Saget's the same. All you hear, these great stories – and it's like, Jesus Christ, was there a comedian that wasn't in some way, shape, or form touched by Bob Saget? And not in the Bill Cosby way, but in like the good way. And uh, and it's like, everybody knew him. Everybody loved him. Everybody has their own, not just, oh, what a nice guy, what a great guy. It was, what a great guy, what a nice guy. And here's my specific story of when Bob Saget called me and texted me. And helped me with this and supported me with that and made sure that, like, what a, just a fucking great guy. Anyway, my, my point of all this is, like, it just seems like every every January there's just, like, and it seems like ever since 2016, right? Like, 2016 was the first one where it's, like, David Bowie died, Alan Rickman died. And then throughout the year, it was just like, I don't know. Did, I think Prince died that year. Uh, Carrie Fisher died in December, right around Christmas time at the end of 2016. And it was just like, oh, my God. There's tons of big time. I remember 1997 being like, Princess Diana and Burgess Meredith died. <laughs> and I was like, wow, lots of lots of people died this year. Lots of big names. And... <laughs> <laughs> and now it's just like everybody just di- but that's i maybe is it because we have so much access to these people that they never go away and so it's just that much more heartbreaking because we always feel connected to everybody because of social media is that why is it because old is it because people who are in their 60s and 70s look like they're in their 40s sometimes 30s and we look at these old time i mean look at betty white's assistant just posted has been posting pictures and videos of Betty White from a month ago. And she's thanking everybody for well wishes. And it was a recording that was supposed to air for her 100th birthday. And it's like, okay, well, thank you, everybody. And you you ain't seen nothing yet or something like that. And uh, and pictures of her. And, yeah, she looks old. She doesn't look, look like a person who's about to drop dead in a week. Um. And and Betty White, it's like you have to remember, like she's a hundred. I don't know, she was ninety nine. She's a, she's three weeks shy of her birthday. She was a hundred. She was alive a hundred years before she, you know. Okay, she's in the womb, and this isn't a whole thing about like <laughs> abortion rights and what's to. I'm just saying, she was, you know. You, you can round up. She's a hundred, right? She's a hundred. Uh but yeah, she was just always there. She was always on television from the, you know, from 50 years before I was born, not, not 50 years, 40, 30, 40 years before I was born until, uh, until now. And she was accessible. She had social media. She had, obviously she wasn't sitting there with her smartphone tweeting herself. She had her assistant, um, but it was her words to, you know, going, but still you had, you could just go online and read just like Carl Reiner, just like Ed Asner, who just died. These people who are in their nineties who are tweeting Ed Asner 
and Carl Reiner, I'd read their tweets and be like, I think, I think these dudes are just tweeting themselves. I don't know. Because uh, they were tweeting a lot. It would seem an awful big project for an assistant to just be like, okay, Mr. Reiner, I, I've got this tweet. Yep, okay. All right, in a few minutes, I'm going to tweet something else, Mr. Reiner. Okay, yep. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, it's just it's just weird. It just it feels like more and more of these people are dying that we know, like from. But but of course they are because for me, I'm in my 40s. So the people who entertained me when I was a kid are 20, 30, 40, 50 years older than I am. So of course. Of course they're going to die, but it just seems like, man, it's just boom, 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 one after another, after another, after another. And there's people that I, I've already forgotten about who had just passed away in the last week. And Louis Anderson's the latest. Oh, yeah, Meatloaf just died. Meatloaf died yesterday. Louis Anderson died today, or maybe he died yesterday too. I don't know, but... So no more Louis Anderson, no more Meatloaf, no more John Madden, no more Bob Saget, no more Betty White. And I think, like, God, it's just all the time. But I don't know. I, I mean, I feel like celebrity, there's also more celebrities, right? That was such a, you know, when you talk about Hollywood royalty back in the day, well, because it wasn't, they weren't just letting anybody, who want, you know, anybody can just be become a star. And if they really, you know, if they get lucky and if they try... You get YouTube stars, you know, all, all, just so many other different forms of entertainment to create stars. But you go back to the 30s and 40s and it was movies, movies only, and then television. And, and yeah, music. But in the music, it was like, who was it? Bing Crosby, Frank Sinatra, Ella Fitzgerald, and, you know, these. And then, and then more came along and rock and roll and stuff. And then you have more genres. And so you have more people. So maybe that's just it is there's just there's just there've been so many more outlets to create big time celebrities and so yeah they're going to they're going to die at a rapid rate because there's there's so many celebrities now i don't know that's my thought anyways and and yeah they're not getting any, you know, bob saget was in his 60s that's not old to me but if you told you know back in the day you look at people who were in their 60s uh uh, a million, you know, 30 years ago, they looked like people who are in their 90s today. Bob Saget looked pretty good to me. He didn't look like a guy who was about to drop dead. Uh, you know, tall guy, always fairly slender. But, uh, yeah, it's too bad. Louis Anderson was a guy, I mean, that's the other thing. It's like, for years I would say, like, I can't believe John Candy and Chris Farley are dead. And Louis Anderson... I guess they forgot about him because Louis Anderson. Let's, you know, he's he's huge. He's a huge, physically huge guy, just like John Candy, just like Chris Farley, and uh, <laughs> these. And I think of because these guys were comedians in the eighties and nineties, and Candy and Farley died in the nineties, and Louis Anderson lived on for another you know twenty five years after those guys passed away, more than twenty five years. Uh and so I always, you know, it's just, it's, okay. He got, he got to go a little bit, but he was only in his 60s too. Yeah. So what's my point? There is no point other than it's just sad. I hate, it's like enough already. I guess we, I guess that's the thing. It's been nonstop since it really feels like, but even before 2016, you go back to 2014 and you had that week where Joan Rivers died and then Robin Williams died and then Eric, the actor from the Howard Stern show, died, which is a big celebrity for some people. Um, Ultimate Warrior died that year right after WrestleMania. So it's like there hasn't really been. It just seems like a celebrity death was pretty rare other than it would be, you know, a very old person, you know, like Milton Berle. Like, well, OK, George Burns. Well, yeah, he was 125 Whatever the hell he, he was 125 in the 80s when he was still doing movies. And then he died like 20 years after that. He died in like 2000 something, I believe. So those are the, so you're like, well, yeah, those guys are going to, Frank Sinatra's like, yeah, okay. Well, that's, you know, he was in his 80s. Okay. Dean Martin. Okay. Yeah. Those guys, Lucille Ball, 
Like, well, they're not young, and Lucille Ball smoked like a chimney. So, yeah, of course. And then these other, but it just it just seems like it's just been nonstop for the last several years of just like, and it's not, it's not like, oh, celebrities who were once big stars, but now they're old and they just die. It's like celebrities who are, you feel like, oh, they, there would still be so much left in the tank. Again, yeah, Robin Williams, a Bob Saget. Uh, yeah, John Madden and Betty White. That wasn't a, you know, it was sad because it's like, well, you like knowing that they're alive on the planet somewhere and then they drop dead and it's like, well, that's sad. But uh, uh, but then, you, you know, Betty White's 99, John Madden was 85. It's like, okay, that's a good run. It's a good run for either of them. And then Bob Saget's 62, 65, whatever he was. It's like, ah, man. You know, would have been nice. You know, he got to do the Fuller House thing. That was good. But he was just, you know, he's just recently, only in 2018, married his current wife. And you you kind of feel like, well, in your 60s, that's like retirement age. And then you can go in and, you know, either keep doing what you love doing or you could retire. Obviously, Bob Saget, I'm sure, had the money long, long ago to just retire and do nothing. But he enjoyed comedy, too. That's the other It's like, ah, he's out working. His last post on social media was about how happy he was to be out doing comedy in Orlando and Jacksonville and, you know, hitting the road. Hey, we're back, baby. It feels good. It feels great. I can't wait for more of this. This is this is what I need. Like, and then he, yeah, then, then, then that's it. Lights out. But it's just, and then to read, you know, Stamos and these guys who just, you know, who were like brothers, and it's it's so fucking sad because everybody loves. Yeah, Norm Macdonald just died a few months ago, and they were good pals. And I can't that Norm Macdonald roast of Bob Saget from two thousand eight is. I remember watching it on Comedy Central and recording it. I think I still have my TiVo. I haven't used TiVo since two thousand ten. I'm pretty sure I still have my TiVo. Maybe not. I have my TiVo, which has might still have that show recorded on it from 2008. Um, and anyways, it was it was such a funny thing. A lot of people didn't get it, which I was I was shocked that comedians didn't find that funny. What Norm Macdonald did, he just he roasted Bob Saget in such a lighthearted, family friendly, just terrible jokes. You know, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Cloris Leachman, uh, she's not over the hill. Uh, not in the car she drives. She'll never get over the hill in the car she drives, whatever it is. Gilbert Gottfried. Uh, you'll see there's a <laughs> there's a sign when you have to use the restroom later. You'll see there's a sign that says, Gentlemen, pay no heed. <laughs> there was no sign that said, Scoundrel on it. <laughs> like... I I still remember I doubled over. I was on the floor laughing. I couldn't remember a time that I had laughed so hard. I think the last time I laughed that hard was when I first saw Dumb and Dumber in the movie theater. And when Jim Carrey hits uh Jeff Daniels in the leg with the cane when they're in those stupid tuxedos, I fell out of my chair. I just it just that whole movie just killed me from start to finish. And it's so rare to be able to laugh like that in a movie and uh or at anything, quite honestly. And so when Norm got up there, he's, you know, doing the whole, <laughs> whole roast of Bob Saget. And there's, yeah, there's no scoundrel. Uh, pay no heed. <laughs> I'm not telling tales out of school. Uh, and then at the end, he does the whole roast. And then he turns to Bob Saget and he just says, you know, some very heartfelt things about what a great guy Bob Saget is. And... Uh, you know, he's like, I, I went and saw you when I was a kid. You saw your comedy, and I, and I loved you. I loved you then, and now I, I love you now as a friend. And you, it's just, and Bob Saget's like tearing up, and it's just, it's beautiful. It's a perfect moment. It's perfect because perfect, like the laughs are perfect. And then, and Norm Macdonald could do that. He could deliver, he could deliver the funniest things you've ever heard, and then in an instant turn it into just a beautiful emotional thing. Just like when he was on Letterman's show for the last time and Letterman's kind of a prick and he's like, 
you know, he's, you know, Dave comes out and he's like, ah, Norm, 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 no, stop, stop, stop. And Norm's saying, you know, just he does the, you know, the whole Letterman, uh, you know, jokes and and just talks about how much Letterman has meant to him and, and he's getting choked up and everything. And Letterman comes out and obviously Letterman, you know, he feels uncomfortable when people get gushy and stuff, but. But it was just a beautiful moment, and Norm had so many of those, and so did Bob Saget. And the, and the one that one moment, the two of them together, just sharing that beautiful moment on stage, and a great roast. It was really funny and very a very nice heartfelt thing. Which those Comedy Central roasts are not heartfelt like ever. Nobody nobody ever stops and says, "Yeah, but you know what? I just I love you. I really I really love you. You're great." Nobody does that because you're not supposed to. You you're supposed to get up there and just shit on somebody and then sit down. What is this? My kid's phone is ringing. I'll tell you, New Hampshire. Uh huh. Fuck off. I'm so glad I have. A, I still have a New York area code because I don't get spam. Nothing. I get calls from recruiters that are like spam, but it's a legit. You know, they leave a voicemail. They send an email. They're. That's it. I know these kids. They both have these New Hampshire area codes, and I have a second phone that has New Hampshire area code, and it is. Is nonstop motherfucking spam. I mean, it is just crazy. Uh, anyway, so yeah, um, but the Norm Macdonald thing with Bob Saget is just—it's beautiful and and seeing just what a what a what a great guy Bob Saget is. It's just—it's nice to just know that he was just you know just such a sweet guy, but also also just wonderfully funny and filthy. And then that was great too. Uh, anyway, yeah. So it's like, all right, Louis Anderson. I don't feel as much of a connection to Louis Anderson. I recently listened to him. There's a, a Johnny Carson podcast that I like to listen to, and this kid just talks to different. It's these, it's these people who you would think have been dead for fifty years, and they. He finds them, and he finds the goes, and he he goes to the graveyard, and he digs up these corpses, and has them come on and talk about. Uh, uh, well, well, nineteen forty-two. I just uh, I was on my third marriage, and I met Johnny doing magic tricks at a nightclub in Omaha, Nebraska. It's like, who are these people? And they all know, you know, these old. You think like the old Hollywood is all like dead, but then this. This guy, I can't forget. I think I can't think of his fucking name. Uh, I want to say Aaron Menke, but that's the lore guy. I feel like it's a similar name. Um, anyway, he's uh, Louis Anderson was on a couple of those because Louis Anderson was on. He, he's had some big, you know, Bob Einstein and uh, big, a lot of big names uh, and some great, great memories of Carson and uh, Louis. Anderson, that's the last time I really remember listening to anything of Louis Anderson was being on that podcast talking about the, being on the Carson show, and then Baskets. Uh, he's got that little cameo in Ferris Bueller, a very funny scene. And uh, I don't know, he's in you know he's in stuff, but he was mostly just stand up. I think was his big thing, and then you'd see him on reality shows here and there. And he seemed like a nice guy, anyway. Rest in peace, Louis Anderson. Rest in peace, Bob Saget. And every meatloaf. I never, you know, whatever. Seem like he also seemed like a nice guy. I, my <laughs> uh, cousin Sarah texted me earlier to tell me that meatloaf had died. Of course, it was like ten o'clock in the morning, and everybody knew meatloaf was died at that point. Uh, but I was like, why did she send me that? And then I had to remember, and I said, oh, yeah. And I texted back, and I said, what is this because? And then I thought back at my at my wife's, at my father-in-law's nephew's wedding, whatever you go. Let's just say cousin. Everybody's cousin. My cousin, cousin's wedding, cousin Brad and, and Nicole, their wedding back in 2007, and I was seated at the table with cousin Sarah and cousin Mary, who are sisters, and I was, oh my God, was I shit faced out of my fucking gourd that whole, oh my God, drunk as a skunk. And I just was like, I was, they were at the time, I don't know how old they were, early teens, 13, and I, 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 
15, 16, 17, I don't, I don't know how old they were, high school age, and, and we had known each other, you know, we were, we were good pals at that point, and they were sitting at the table, and I just kept giving them advice, not even advice, just my words of wisdom, and it was all nonsense, and I went through like 20 different things, and I had to memorize it, and I couldn't tell you a single thing that was on that list, except that I forgot, one of the things was always remember, and then I listed all these things. And one of them was like the number one thing was Stairway to Heaven is the worst song in the history of music, which I actually don't believe that to be true. Uh, but it was their dad <laughs> would uh, one Thanksgiving was talking about how everything that Led Zeppelin has ever done sucks except for Stairway to Heaven. And I said, well, actually, everything they've ever done is great except for Stairway to Heaven, which sucks. <laughs> and uh, yeah, prick. Anyway, um. So that was why I, I – but then one of the things on the list is Meatloaf. <laughs> Meatloaf songs are the worst songs ever. Nothing will ever replace Meatloaf as far as being the worst music ever in the history, of, which I don't also – there are worse songs than the Meatloaf songs. I can't think of any off the top of my head right now, uh, like, which is really – this is turning into the opposite of whatever the tribute was for Bob Saget, uh, poor Meatloaf. Uh, he was great in Fight Club. Wasn't he called like bitch titties or something? Bitch tits or something like that? Wasn't that his name? Because he had those big, huge titties. Were they really his tits? I don't know. But anyway, uh, he seemed like a lovely guy. He really did. He seemed like a nice guy. I don't like. I think all of his songs are terrible. Um, but yeah, cousin Sarah sent the posting of his death and. That reminded me that indeed I did, and she re- remembered it better than I was because she's younger and was not completely obliterated that night as I was. And I'm just give- I can't, oh, I can't I can't even imagine these poor kids at this time. <laughs> yeah, there's me sitting there like, listen, here's a advice for you: write this down. Meatloaf sucks. The food and the guy. <laughs> <laughs> write this down stairway to heaven sucks and then i don't remember i i gotta ask what was what the rest of that list was it was probably very stupid i'm sure they both forgotten most of it as i have forgotten all of it but uh yeah so there's i guess there's the there's the role that meatloaf played in my life as uh he was on a, a list that i the drunken 26 year old me gave to my cousin cousin laws cousin in laws future step cousin step cousin laws as i would call them uh but anyway that's that's too bad he was only that dude was only in his sixth all these people because to me i now think of 60s as like that's pretty young (laughs) because i guess a being in my 40s and b having two parents who are both in their 70s it's like, oh, well, 60, that's, you're still a kid when you're in your 60s. Of course, me, I think of myself as 95 because, you know, I just always, whatever. We won't get into the details of that, but I feel like I've I've gone past middle age at this point. I hope that's not the case. Uh, yeah, but uh, anyway, meatloaf, only a 60-something-year-old chap. Same with Bob Saget. It's too bad. Uh, anyway, it's very cold. The weekend's going to be very cold. I don't see myself doing much. I have a friend a friend, who's uh, getting ready to go on a Sunday morning sunrise hike up in one of, the, one of the nearby mountains. And I'm like, you know, they have sunrises in June, right? Like you can... Hey, you know, you know they have sunrises in June, right? And you can go see a sunrise in June. That's my horrible Norm Macdonald. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know they just they started making sunrises in the summertime now. You don't have to buy anyway. And I thought that's, uh, you know, hey, whatever makes you happy, right? Whatever makes you happy. Uh, I'll tell you what makes me happy is the fact that I will not be bundling up to go hike up a mountain on a Sunday morning in January to watch the sunrise. Now, is it going to be a gorgeous sunrise? Probably. But that's the other thing, too. In the summer, like, okay, hey, if I get up early and I go to try and uh, check out the sunrise, then if I miss it, 
then whatever. Uh, or, or, or if it's a, you know, a cloudy day or something, it's like, eh, it's okay. It's a nice day. It's June. It's August. It's whatever. It's warm out. It's a good day to get up early and get some extra. In the winter, if I go, especially on a Sunday, because then it's like, you only get two days to sleep in. And you, you got to get up fairly early. Even in the winter, the sun it comes up pretty early. And if you're going to be on top of a mountain to see it, you really have to get up early. I mean, it takes, uh, it's a mountain that I've, that I've actually gone to the top of and it, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't take all day, but it's at least, I don't know, an hour, maybe two. I can't, I think it's probably close to two hours if I remember right. So you got to get there at like four, four thirty. So that's, that's an awful lot. And what if, what if the clouds roll in and you've missed the sunset? Now I will say this: If you go watch the sun or the sunrise, I will say this: If you go watch the sunrise in June or July, uh, then the, I mean, when does the sun come up? Like four thirty in the morning. So when do you have to get to? You, know, you just have to start climbing that mountain at like three, two thirty, three. I don't even know. So I guess I guess maybe maybe it is the best time to go climb a mountain and see the sunrise when it's like the latest sunsets. I, I don't know. Anyway, that's it. It sucks all these uh, celebrities are dropping dead. It does feel like it's been just non-stop for the last several years. Like, when you say, hey, what celebrities died in 2012? I don't know. I can't. I can't. Does that mean that nobody? No, but I just can't think of who did. Uh, I feel like I, 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 don't, I don't even know. I don't even know. Uh, oh, Dick Clark. Dick Clark died in 2012. I remember that. But it was also like, yeah, okay. Dick Clark was a million years old, had that stroke, and like, okay, well, yeah, I guess I guess that was bound to happen soon enough. And I know there were others. I just don't remember who. And uh, 2013, I don't know. Yeah, 2014 seems to be one. It's, yeah, Robin Williams, Ultimate Warrior, and others. And then 2015, I don't remember who died. In I'm sure somebody. And then 16 was like, oh, my God, Bowie. Rickman, Fisher, George Michael, Prince, all these. And then in 2017, there were more. In 2000, it just kept going. And uh, and it seems, you know, you start to think like, okay, maybe, maybe we'll go a while without any big celebrities passing away. And then it's like, oh, nope, no, we won't. You know, the last couple of days of 2021, like John Madden, Betty White. Ah, uh, well, those are big names. Surely there's not going to be any big names coming early in 2022 because we've gotten a bunch to N21. So, the, okay, Bob Saget. Okay. So it just seems like, can we take a break from from beloved celebrities passing away? Eh. Oh, well. The good news is I'm still here. You still got, you still have me for a while, for a good long while. And this, I fucking... I plan to drop dead, you know, when I'm at least in my 90s, probably in my 100s. That's a, that's probably what's going to happen. And I also plan to do it in the middle of a podcast. <laughs> that's my other big thing. I will be, yeah, I'll be 100 million years old and I'll be sitting here talking into, what is that? One of my 41 so let's say it's 50 years. Let's say I let's say I make it to 91, which is that's okay. Uh let's say I make it to 91 and I drop dead. I don't know what it's is it's not going to be an iPhone 13 Pro Max. Uh well, it's going to be like an iPhone what 65 maybe. An iPhone 60 something, which will probably just be implanted in my brain and I maybe I won't even have to talk, maybe just brain waves can be transcribed into a podcast and then it will be a computer voice reading my brainwaves. Welcome to the birthday boy podcast. I am your host, Yanni boy. Ha ha. Later gators. Maybe, maybe it'll be like that. Remember when I had the birthday bot 3000 that one time on the podcast. You hardcore fans sure, surely remember the birthday bot. I am the birthday bot. 
Oh my God. Remember, remember the effort I used to put into these things? And now it's this? Man, oh man, if if you haven't listened to the early podcast, don't because you're gonna say, Wow, that's most people get better as they go along. <laughs> this guy peaked. This guy peaked about a month in. That's <laughs> uh, funny. Okay. I'm gonna go now. This has been way too much talking. Just too much. Uh enjoy your weekend. I think this is probably the last podcast. Uh, until next week. So I say to you, happy Friday. Stay healthy. I'm still watching that clock and wondering when is it going to, when's the COVID? <laughs> when's the COVID coming for, to get all of us? And my wife, I mean, everybody she works with has COVID, has had COVID in the last, you know, two weeks, three weeks since Christmas vacation ended. Um, and or their kids or spouses or somebody in the house has it friends all my you know everybody just seems to have it and i'm uh, my my youngest missed school wednesday not because she was feeling ill though she was talking about she said my tummy hurts a little bit which she doesn't get enough sleep that's why her stomach hurts she gets she goes to bed too late she gets up and she's exhausted and and so you know, her stomach hurt and then we took her to school and then the stomach, it feels better. It's just a, it's a whole thing, right? Um, anyway, uh, 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 so I let her stay home Wednesday. We called it a mental health day. She took a, she just needed sleep. She went back to bed and she woke up and she felt like a million bucks. And then she went to school yesterday and today feeling fine. Uh, but every day we get emails saying, uh, your child uh, may have been exposed to COVID in the classroom on J- January whatever. There was a COVID case. And then last Thursday or Friday, there was a COVID case. And on Tuesday, there was a COVID case. And I went, get the email. There, it's not just, hey, here's the number. We get the email from the superintendent saying, here's how many COVID cases there are reported in the district for the week. There's that. And it's you look at it and say, oh, my God. <laughs> How do we not all have COVID is what I'm trying to figure out. And then you get the email directly from the principal of the school saying, not just, hey, we've got COVID in the school. Hey, you're getting this email because your child is in the classroom with somebody who had COVID. And it's not like, you know, a year ago, everybody was remote, so that wasn't happening. But if if it was a year ago, it'd be like, oh, my God, oh, my God, this is bad. This is bad. There's no vaccine. There's no nothing. Now it's just like, all right, it's it's just going to be our turn eventually, and I hope it's not, uh, I hope it just doesn't do any major stuff to us like it does to a lot of other people. But, uh, hey, for those of you who've made it this far without the COVID, hey, congratulations, you must be a really big loser with no... <laughs> with no social life and no activities outside the home whatsoever. That's pretty much at this point now, the folks who don't have COVID are the ones who are like, hey, you want to know who has no life at all? Well, ask your friends. Uh, find out which one of your friends hasn't gotten COVID uh, still in these last two years, who made it to 2022 without COVID. That's the one who doesn't have a fucking life, which is why I haven't had it. Uh and nobody had, I mean, nobody's, I'm knocking on wood. I'm like, I'm not, I'm taking a sledgehammer to wood. I'm not even knocking on wood. I'm, I'm driving a bulldozer right into wood by, by tempting fate here and talking about it. But, uh, at this point it's, it's, I, I, it's easier to find the people who it's harder to find the people who haven't had it than, you know, a year ago again, it was like, Oh my God, you have COVID. Well, how did this happen? Why? Why are you are you gonna die? Don't die! And uh, and now it's just like, oh yeah, yeah, COVID hit. Okay, well, feel better. All right, see you see you next week. <laughs> like that's it. Uh, so, anyways, but congrats if you've made it this far. You're a big fucking loser like me, and uh, and that's good, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Real quick, I'm watching Ray Donovan still plowing away through the 2018 season. Got one more season after I finish this one, and then the movie. New season of Ozark. I don't know what to do. I'm a little conflicted because I want to I want to dive right into Ozark. I want to just tear right into that season four. I want to fucking I want it. I want it, man. 
but we started. I started watching it with Kimmy so that she can catch up on the first three seasons. And then we can watch it together. But I'm also realizing we don't have we never have time to watch anything together. We used to have an hour every night on the weeknights to watch a show, maybe even a movie. If we got the kids to bed by like nine o'clock, we could we could watch a movie. Um, but even if we get the kids to bed by nine o'clock now, it's like, all right, well, uh, A, we're not getting them to bed by nine o'clock. B, if we do it's just like okay, well, let's see. What do we have to do? We gotta get uh, this. Uh, you know, get the, when I when I say we, I mean Kimmy has to get the lunches, kids' lunches ready, and uh, lay out clothes for work in the morning, and then blah blah blah. And then okay, well, now we're exhausted and we want to be in bed. And the only thing is, we've been watching uh, the new season of Toast, Toast of Toast of Tinseltown. The Matt Berry Show. He had Toast of London, which left Netflix last August. And then he made a new season called Toast of Tinseltown, which is not as good as Toast of London, but it's still just good to have. You know, I still love having Stephen Toast. And all the episodes were on YouTube, so we watched them quickly before they disappeared. Um, but we don't – we just don't, we don't have time to, like, watch an episode. It used to be we'd watch, like, four episodes of something after work and just have tons of time, and now we just don't. So I don't know. And I'm thinking, like, when am I going to get to see Oza? When are we going to get to season four? We're barely through, like, seven episodes of season one. And it's taken us a month to get there. So I, there's part of me that wants to just, like, go and watch season four of Ozark and then just come back and watch it again once Kimmy's caught up. But uh, I, I don't know. I just – but I want it. I want it so bad. Uh, Boba Fett, I, I can't be bothered to watch that. It's, we watched the first two episodes. That show just stinks. It's so boring. And Boba Fett is such a boring, uninteresting, do-nothing character. He did nothing in those Star Wars movies. He did nothing. He stood there. He stood there. Bounty hunter. That's it. He's nothing. He's got a jetpack. Great. And then he falls into the Sarlacc pit. And he's and we're supposed to just be like fucking orgasming over the return of Boba Fett and he gets his own show. Like I don't really care. I don't care. I don't care about the Tuscan Raiders either. I don't need a backstory. I don't need anything about them. I'm sorry to be racist against Tuscan Raiders, but I don't fucking care about those assholes. You know what would be a fun uh, little side story to find out more about is the Jawas. That's those little bastards stealing everything and, you know, the little cute little voices. And give, me a, give me a fucking Jawa. The Book of Jawa. Uh, they should have a... You know what they should do? Just to troll people. They should have like a film... They should make like a noir detective series on Disney Plus with Jar Jar Binks. A touch of Binks. <laughs> Dial B for Binks. Uh, double Jar Jar Nitty. I don't know. That's that's bad. Uh that's what you know. Wouldn't that be? Wouldn't that be fucking just wild? Just something that nobody would see coming. It's just kind of like how they had Detective Pikachu, which was I hate Pokemon. I fucking hate Pokemon. I hate Pikachu. I hate Pokemon. I hate Pokemon cards. I'm so happy that my kids gave a shit about Pokemon for all of about ten minutes and then realized it was the dumbest thing ever. I fucking hate Pokemon. I'm so happy. Last year we got my nephews all these Pokemon cards and they were flipping out. This year, I asked, hey, the kids, they want uh, Pokemon? No, they hate Pokemon. Thank God. Finally. Good. Uh, But I loved that Detective Pikachu was funny. It was good. Like that great, but it was, you know, okay, it's a little different. Imagine they took one of the most despised characters of all time, Jar Jar Binks, and turned him into a detective, gave him a trench coat. He's just still Jar Jar Binks in every way except... He swears like a fucking sailor. Put it on Disney Plus. Little disclaimer. Hey, kids, here's Jar Jar Binks, but he's a fucking drunk, and he smokes, he chain smokes cigarettes, and he's and he's just, you know, he's a detective. It's all in black and white, you know, and he goes around that stupid planet of his, B- Binks planet, whatever the fuck. I don't know the fucking planet. Who fucking cares about fucking Star Wars planet? Oh, you don't know the name of a planet that a puppet lives on? You suck. Yeah, I don't. I fucking, I know Tatooine 
and uh, fucking Uranus. That's those are the planets I know. <laughs> the ice planet Hoth. Endor. Is there anything? What's Endor? That's a name, right? The Dagobah system. Anyway, who cares? Uh, uh, but wouldn't that be fun? A little, a little, a little, you know, something just different. Doesn't not every Star Wars show you have the Mandalorian and it's a Western. You don't have to have Boba Fett be a Western too. They don't have to be fucking Westerns. They could be something else. Maybe since they take place in space, you could have somebody once in a while get into a fucking spaceship and fly around space and shoot space lasers. Mandalorian does that once in a while. And it's a great show. They threw a cute baby Yoda that everybody loves. Where's the baby Yoda? Where's the cute thing that everybody loves? So here you go. You put fucking Jar Jar Binks. You know, you could do that too with like R2 and 3PO could be detected. You could like just, you got Star Wars. You got a million fucking, you've got more money than you could even think of. Just just make make all this bullshit. Do some weird shit. Do something crazy. Nobody likes Jar Jar Binks. Nobody wants to see a Jar Jar Binks anything. Put him in a fucking detective trench coat. Have him sit there at his desk. Misa gonna find out who killed my fucking brother. And Misa gonna have my revenge. You know, that's something. I don't know. Who cares? It's fuck. Make shit. Everybody's so goddamn serious about everything. Everything just has to be so fucking serious now. You know, it can't just be Batman used to just be so goofy. Everything was just, there's nothing lighthearted. Everything's so fucking, it's so serious. And it has to have an important, you know, like, does it? Does everything have to be so fucking important in these fucking make-believe shows with space puppets? No, but they make it that way. So what do I know? What do I know? Maybe I'll go make. You know what? If I went, I bet you if I went and made a Jar Jar Binks uh, film noir detective series, nobody would even notice. Disney's sitting there, you know, with all their all all the IPs saying nobody nobody touch. We own everything now. I bet they wouldn't notice if I if I swiped Jar Jar Binks out of their out of their library and made a fucking Jar Jar Binks. I'm Misa gonna give you to the kind of tree. To tell me where the drug money is. Oh, Misa gonna get real mad real soon. Misa wonders which one of you fucking whores put Misa cocaine in the Misa toilet bowl. It's just, it's endless, endless fun on Disney+. Plus. <sighs> but I dream. But I dream. All right, go to Birthday Boy Shop. Until next time, have a great week. If I don't, if I don't do another one, which I probably won't, have a great weekend. Enjoy everything. Enjoy everything that life has to offer. And we'll talk to you next time, right here on Amisa Birthday Boy Podcasts. You fuckface, Amisa Salada Gator. I don't. I can't do it. All right. See ya. Bye.